0: We are in a series on prayer, and I, I, as a couple weeks ago we, uh, we dealt with this, this, there it is, we dealt with the very first essential, uh, the, the first essential to a meaningful prayer life. And if you remember, we talked about uh, focusing on God's person. I'll give you just a little review on that a little bit later, but we won't focus too much on it. But I just want to remind you there, of uh, that was what we talked about a couple Sundays ago. Uh, the first... Essential And a meaningful prayer life is focusing on God's person. Today we want to look at the second essential, and that is this one, is focusing on God's program. So we focus on God's person. Jesus is giving us an example of what, like an outline of how to have a meaningful prayer life. The second part of, the second point of that meaningful prayer uh, life is God's program. Let's look at a few scriptures here. And I've got about three slides full of scriptures that might help us today. Here's our, here's our main text. That one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Again, probably Andrew is the one who said that. Just as John the Baptist taught his, his disciples. And he said to them, well, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. And give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Boy, some very powerful segments of prayer that will affect our lives, that cover the the gamut of our our lives. And today, like I said, we're going to be focusing on your your kingdom come. I'd like to take you to a verse of scripture in Daniel chapter 7. And about uh, these two verses and then two more verses following... Where Daniel said, and I looked, and this was in one of his visions. Daniel was having a vision, and um, he said, and I looked, and thrones were set in place. So he's looking; he's seeing a vision of the of the final judgment, the last the, the the last judgment. And John also saw this in the book of Revelation. And I looked, and thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. His hair, The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire and its wheels were all ablaze. So God's throne had these like some sort of wheels. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. And thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. Again, this is Daniel 7, verses 9 to 10. If we continue on down then that chapter, we look at verse 13 and 22. And Daniel says, And in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like the Son of Man. And that is, he's, of course, talking about Jesus here. He didn't know his name, but he saw Jesus coming. He said, Coming with the clouds of heaven. And he approached the Ancient of Days. And was led into his presence. So Daniel saw the Son of Man. He saw the Lamb. He saw Jesus approaching the Father. Approaching the Ancient of Days. And until the Ancient of Days came, in verse 22, and pronounced judgment in favor of the holy people the Most High, and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. And the preceding verses of this talks about how that people or God are are being... uh, or they're being persecuted and in the end the ancient days came and pronounced judgment in favor of us and the time came when we possessed the kingdom and Jesus had returned and God's children reign throughout eternity Jeremiah 6:16 6, says this and this is what the Lord says stand at the crossroads and look ask for the ancient paths ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus probably quoted this verse when he said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and you will find rest for your souls. Let's read this again. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Lord, we pray today that as we as we try to understand more clearly your person as well as your program, that, Lord, these will just be wonderful truths, guidelines, uh, insights, enlightenment to our souls that will make you more real, that will make prayer more exciting, that will make prayer, Lord, more um, uh, imperative to our life, that will... We'll hunger for it. We'll thirst for it. We'll long to, have to, um, to, well, just to fellowship with you and to stay in constant connection with you. We pray, Lord, you'll help us to understand what you're saying to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I recall a Christian man in one of my pastorates basically telling me once that he thought prayer was a bunch of hooey. And I think I looked up the word hooey, and it means nonsense. So if you're not used to using that word, that's what it means. Um, this man, it's true, he, um, he did have some relatives who used prayer in some silly, unbiblical ways. And maybe that was the reason why prayer turned him off because uh, it certainly did. He, uh, but for him, prayer just didn't work, he told me. It just, it just didn't work. It was a waste of time. Instead of plowing through, this man, instead of plowing through and, and uh, learning how to pray to his Heavenly Father, he just toughed life out the best he could and uh, made the best decisions that he knew how to make. He didn't really ask, didn't bother God with, with things. He was kind of a conundrum to me of a, of a fellow and still is today. Filled with uh, just puzzling contradictions. Just a puzzle. He just, uh, it's hard to talk to him at times. He, uh, he just seemed to, at times he looked like he wanted to believe and then he changed his mind and he was just a mixture of conflicting thoughts about God. Still is today. Always seemed to be questioning what the scripture called the ancient paths always be questioning he was always questioning the ancient paths of the Lord and sadly I got to tell you he's only worsened in his, o- his older years and and I saw him a while back, and I truly do fear for his soul because he is a friend last week we we, we, we saw that uh, um, that Jesus taught us our voice ago, excuse me, that Jesus taught us that the first essential to meaningful prayer is worship, that is, focusing upon God's person. Jesus said that when you pray, say, Father, you address God as Father, coming to God, understanding Him to be your Father, and if you had a bad experience with your Father as a child, you have to learn to get through that. You have to learn to set that experience aside and ask God to help you to overcome that and learn that He is a good father, that God is good and a gracious father. But to come to him as father and particularly to come to him as Abba father. Again, that informal term of a forefather, which is uh, the equivalent to our papa, uh, revealing that God desires just this deep, Intimate and personal relationship with us, with his redeemed children, and a, a natural response on our part is to say to him that we want to obey you, Abba. We want to obey you, Papa God. We want to submit ourselves to you. We want to, anything that you tell us to do, we want to trust you. Just like we sung today, you know, trust that, you know, it is so sweet to trust in Jesus. We want to trust you. And so we learned uh, to legitimately call God. Abba Father declares that we have faith that we possess this faith and confess this intimate relationship with God and that we are committed to pleasing him we are committed to we are determined to obey him no matter what he asks in our life that we are determined to obey him that, that our relationship with him is not all about us it's really focused more about on how can we honor you how can we glorify you It's just a total turnaround, isn't it, from American Christianity. Because the way Jesus has always presented now amongst the most popular preachers is that it's all about you. It's all about me and about what God wants to do for us. And really, Jesus is saying when we pray, Abba, Father, it's actually we're reversing that and we're saying, we are so grateful that you are our Abba, that you are our Abba, Father. That what is it that you would have us to surrender to? What is it that you would have us to learn about you? What is it that you would have us to to trust you for, really? How can we glorify you? How can we magnify you? That's what we learned, again, a couple weeks ago. I like this. uh, I was talking to Becky... Recently, about one of my favorite hymns is this hymn, uh, and she said, That's mine too. uh, Be thou my vision. And uh, it kind of reflects that this treasure, uh, this truth treasure of this relationship we have with God as Father. The second verse goes like this Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great Father. And I, thy true son, and ladies, that's just generic, just a just generic for child, OK? Thou in me dwelling, and I with thee, one. And that's what it's all about. That's what Jesus is saying, is that coming to know God as Father and us, as, and then yourself as His child, there's a unity, that's the goal, a unity of oneness with, with God, and that we have with Him. So, loved ones, in, in all kindness, let me tell you something. It's, it's one thing, and I say this with all kindness, it's one thing to not know how to pray. Okay? It's quite another to simply not want to try and learn. It's one thing to even fail in the practice of prayer. It's quite another to bury that discipline in the dirt and simply refuse and neglect your most important task in life like my friend does that I talked to you about before. To learn how to fellowship with God. It's, it, you know, to to push on through where you learn. Again, again I'm not trying to shame anybody, but to, to not try and become a doer of what's right, you know will prove to God that you really aren't that concerned about becoming a praying Christian. You know, our goal is to become a praying Christian, not just a Christian who prays, but a praying Christian. You know, we have to want to participate with God. Yeah, it's true. We all fail. We all falter. But if you want to improve, you've got to show something that you want to try. You've got to do it. Remember? There's always one hill higher. Remember that? There's always one hill higher with a better view. Something waiting to be learned that you never knew. Until my days are over, never fully fill my cup. Let me go on growing up. Amen. Boy, that's so crucial in the life of a Christian. Especially as we get old in the Lord. As we get old in the Lord. As we know Him. Uh, more and more, we have to. We have to have us. I was talking to the guys today about this in class. That uh, there's always something new to discover about the Lord. He has something, uh, something vital, something real for us to to experience. Um, none of us can learn for the other person. I can't learn for you, and you can't learn 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 for me. Uh, each of us must learn for ourselves, and e- each of us must give an account to God for ourselves. Amen. We do. That means you will need to show God that you're serious enough to try to learn how to pray, to follow Jesus' instructions. Give it a shot. Try to learn to pray. Try to learn what Jesus is trying to tell us here. The magnificence of being in connection with, with, with the Father. To make an effort to, to learn um, more about your Heavenly Father from the Scriptures. Just say, "Bd, I'm no theologian. Sure you are. Oh, yes, you are. If you're a Christian, you are a theologian. You better be. How else, you know, all, all, all the, all a theologian is just someone who studies and knows about God, has a knowledge of God in their life. That's what a theologian is. You may not be in a, a theologian in the collegiate way, or, but if you love the Lord, you must have some knowledge about the one you love. That's, no, you're a theologian. So grow, grow in your knowledge, loved ones. Grow, grow, grow. We have to grow. We have to learn. Um, if you're going to, if, you're gonna, if God, you want God to help you, you got to show some effort. Make an effort and you'll find the Holy Spirit rewarding your diligence. For example, and that's why I read some of these scriptures to you today. For example, in, in Daniel chapter 7, the one we read there about where Daniel saw final judgment in chapter 7 verses 9 to 10 and 13 and 22 those, those verses there uh, there is a name for our heavenly father that ignites our hearts in loving praise of God and um and yeah, I, we can't worship God in our own strength. We have to depend on Him for everything. But as you open your heart to God, He will shed His love and truth in you, enabling you to treasure Him all the more. Three times in that one chapter, Daniel revealed to us something about the Heavenly Father that is magnificent. That is magnificent, I tell you. He uh, revealed a name the Ancient of Days. Oh, I tell you. You know, when you're thinking about the Father, you're thinking about God's person, how hallowed be your name, you're, learning, you're thinking about all the things. That's, that's what we have to desire, to read the Bible. We have desire to increase our knowledge about about who He is, who God has revealed himself to be, and this is just one thing, one name that that Daniel writes down for us here about about who God is that he 's revealed himself to be the ancient of days. What a beautiful expression for God uh, again what does it mean? Of course it refers it means to his, his timelessness to his eternalness, to his beyond passing awayness. Um, I just made that word up. Isn't that great? Uh, to his forever reliability. He's, he's, forever, he's forever reliable. Uh, nothing is beyond his, his knowledge, his power. Nothing is beyond his goodness, his love. His, there's no darkness too black. No sin too strong. No offense too big. He goes on and on and on in all of his glory and goodness and love. The Ancient of Days. You could just ponder that thought for a while. Do, do it in prayer. Talk to him. Talk to him. Lord, I see the word reveals to you, reveals to me, that you are called the Ancient of the Days, the Timeless One, and just begin to describe to God who he is. He already knows who he is, but as we describe to him, he, his spirit reflects back to us. And helps us to really know who He is. Amen. This Heavenly Father, this this Abba Father, who is the Ancient of Days, He gives us ancient paths as well for us to follow and to live our lives upon. It's actually a kingdom that provides all the riches of eternal life. Um, You know, not only do we have this great privilege of of learning this this great privilege of, of discovering God's person in prayer, but also we get the privilege of of knowing God's program. God's program. Thy kingdom come. And Jesus, and of course, he, this prayer is extended. Is, is, it's more fully developed, or I should say more fully expressed in, in Matthew. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I fear for my friend that I mentioned at the beginning of this sermon. I, I fear for him uh, because not only does he think worshiping the Ancient of Days in, in prayer a, a waste of time, And a bunch of hooey. But treasuring and clinging to the ancient paths of the ancient of days is treated with contempt as well. That's a scary position. Some would even say, is the man, has he ever even experienced Jesus in the first place? The phrase ancient of days or ancient paths, excuse me, of the Lord is really out of date today for a lot of Christian ministries. Uh, the ancient paths of the Lord, actually, that would not sell well. I'm going to hear to tell you, it would not sell well to the larger population of seekers today. It would just that doesn't sell well. The phrase was first revealed to us through the prophet Jeremiah. There we read in Jeremiah chapter 6. The Lord is calling the nation of Judah and Benjamin He's calling them to repentance. They have turned away from the Lord. They are living contrary to him. Their culture is, uh, is, is uninterested in God. As a matter of fact, God's word is offensive to them. And they, they won't follow his, his truth. They won't follow his light anymore. And so God is telling them in those first 15 verses in Jeremiah 6. He's telling them. He's saying this. He's saying, listen, I'm bringing judgment on you. There is another country going to be coming. And they're going to come in. They're going to build siege ramps against Jerusalem. And they're going to, uh, they're going to annihilate your city. They're going to kill the, uh, the young and, the, and even the old, the aged. They're, they're going to come in and they're going to carry many away, about 900 miles away to Babylon. So there's this judgment and he said and not only will will they kill the the husbands and the wives and the moms and the dads and even even the children but they'll they'll kill the preachers too the priests and the prophets because the preachers and the prophets they have compromised my word read it there Jeremiah chapter 6 they have compromised my, my, my word they are telling you That everything is okay. That there's peace and peace. Everything's going to be fine. You know, this is what God's word says. Everything's going to be good. And they've compromised God's truth. And Jeremiah is saying, don't believe it. It's just the opposite. And loved ones, that is what's happening in our country today. A lot of the most popular preachers on the airwaves today um, are compromising God's word. They're compromising it and just telling people what they want to hear Instead of preaching about holiness and righteousness and God's law and repentance and the need their need uh, to surrender to God. Not just, you know, not just this message that God wants to, you know, make you rich because you sow a seed into my ministry or, or something like of, of, of that nature. Or just that God is such a happy person, He's happy with you and He and He just wants to, you know, bring your best day out of your life, all, all that all that kind of jazz. Um, yeah, it, it, would, it wouldn't sell well today. Today, you know, even in some of the less popular ministries, people are just simply pandering, and preachers are pandering to people's egos, the, uh, against selfish material desires, and trying to ease people's sexual consciences. That anything goes anymore. Whatever you want. The Bible, uh, God wants you to be happy. It's about your happiness, not about your holiness. Twisting scripture to say what it actually doesn't say. Well, that's what was going on in Jeremiah chapter 6. They're twisting scripture to say what it doesn't really say. And Jeremiah was preaching the opposite of what the preachers in his day was preaching and or were, were preaching. And he, he wasn't going to compromise the Word of God. And so Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16 says this again. It says, uh, stand at the crossroads. Again, what would that mean? It'd be stand at stand at all the world views. Okay, go ahead and stand at the crossroads. There's all of these things that are being preached and taught. And worldviews are being expressed. And evolution. I mean, think about all the philosophies that people are, have to deal with today. Those are, those are at the crossroads. There's, there's not only God's word, but there's all these different philosophies. There's wokeism. There's, there's social justice. All these different things, you know, that are turning people around left and right. So God says, stand at the crossroads. And then he says this, look for the ancient paths. Look for the ancient paths. Look for God's truth. Return to the ancient past. Ask God for the good way and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. And even though God's people were in such a bad place, that God was trying to tell them through Jeremiah that there was wisdom available for them one place again they could find it would be in the ancient paths. Look back to your history. What has God revealed to you in the past? What does God reveal to you through the prophets? What do the scriptures say about about walking in my way? Look to your history, look to your forefathers. learn from what God has done in them and through them. The Lord is saying to them, "If you feel lost, if you feel spiritually weak, surrounded by darkness, and with sin on every side, and your life a wreck." Look to the ancient paths, the Lord is saying. They are your way to a new life. Judah was being instructed to look to what God had already told them to do in the past, and, which was tried and true. So these ancient paths, this, the good way, they're still the same as when God first revealed them. They are, they are this. They are the way of, they're the way of repentance the way of reconciliation to God, the way of fear and the reverence of God and the love of God. Return to these things. Return to these truths. Let your your life abide in these truths, in these ways. These were the ways of the kingdom that Jesus brought to us. Then you will find rest for your souls. And again, Jesus is quoting this verse Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And once the the uh, principles of these old paths, the principles of the old paths are still God's kingdom program today. Can you wind this down for us into a, a more of a, maybe a, a, a particular practical way? it comes to praying God's program so first we pray Abba Father Papa God you know hallowed be your name so we're focused on God's person then we pray thy kingdom come thy ancient paths come Lord your ancient paths come to my life the ancient of days the one who gave the ancient paths to us Uh, may they come to my life we pray God's program I want to tell you one of the biggest deceptions that Satan enacts upon the world, and I should probably add a sleeping church as well, is that things things as we know them right now are just going to keep on going on and on and on. I mean, I know, we kind of fall in that habit. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we all live by the week, you know, okay, we all know what we do on certain days. We're going to keep doing this and this, and, and then we get word about another shooting, okay, okay, that, that, that's another shooting that went on, another mass shooting, and then there, there's another. There's another war going on, and, and pretty soon in our mindset, we're just thinking, life's just going to keep going on and on and on and on. And the injustices are just going to keep going on and on and on. The killings will keep going on and on and on. The abortions will keep going on and on. The bad things. Yeah, we think about some good things happening, but a lot of times we think of the bad things, the injustices that are just going on and on and on. The wickedness. Death will just keep going on year after year. Learning to pray thy kingdom come evaporates that deception when we understand we ask God to help us we're learning God help me to understand this truth your kingdom come and Jesus he came to bring us the kingdom didn't he he said that all the time the kingdom of God is upon you and it's here now the, the rule of God's power the rule of God's power to stop sin and to bring about righteousness is, is here now Jesus was always talking about about that. When we pray, Thy kingdom come, it evaporates that deception as quickly as the, the morning sun breaks through a foggy morning. Really. Let me ask you this Is history going anywhere? Stop and think about it. Is history going anywhere? History in reality is His story. Think about that. History is God's story. It's His story. And it's moving toward, listen, it's moving toward this glorious climactic end that we understand is the messianic kingdom of the new heaven and the new earth. We are on the inside We know the scoop. We got the memo. We know as God's people, this is not going on and on and on. This will be ending one of these days. And I'm going to help it end by praying, thy kingdom come. May your kingdom come. May the rule of God come. And he'll have to destroy this earth present earth first and he's going to make a new heaven a new earth but the kingdom in its fullness is future but it certainly rules in the hearts of God's children right now waiting to reign in our bodies in the future the kingdom doesn't reign in our bodies now because they're they're still aging and falling apart you know that's why I had to have my medicare card but uh but there's a day coming when the kingdom will also reign in this 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 flesh of mine Right now it only reigns in my soul. My soul's been made new and my, I've, been, I've, been, I've been made righteous and I've been made holy in His sight but my body is still not redeemed. It's still not kingdomized, if you will. I'm praying for that. Like kingdom come, Lord. And we pray that your kingdom will come. And I think when we pray that, what we're asking God to do, we're saying, Lord, would you help me to see things from your perspective? Yeah. Will you help me to see things from your perspective father you know um as we as we start to think about how our prayer can open up from not just our own little personal world but we can actually start praying for the hope clinic too for the ministry of burn the ministry of decatur and not just that but then we can start praying for things that are going on in our state lord the things that you know the governor you know goodness, he you needs your help, you know, or goodness, what's going on in Washington? And then not just, but around the world. And um, I know it seems too big for us to handle, but if we just ask God, thy kingdom come, he can give us a perspective from things, from, uh, from, his, from his viewpoint. All the Bible points to this. The Old Testament reveals it. Jesus announced it over and over again: "The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Lo, it is here." And the New Testament reveals that it's again—it's our future hope. God will not allow sin and this horrendous injustice to keep just going on and on. Often, we, when we see the great and sad darkness and the uncertainty all around us in people's lives and lives of our children, family, and friends. We, we long we pray earnestly for that great day to come don't we I was raised on a bluegrass song asking the Lord to wait just a little longer wait a little longer till our loved ones get saved till our loved ones get into heaven Get, get into your kingdom as well. That's what we're thinking of. We're thinking of this is coming to an end one of these days and that Lord, we need to be praying. I mean, we're not just about getting old and getting Medicare and Social Security and then in, enjoying retirement and just going places enjoying this and that and then dying. I don't think. If we are, then we're deceived that the primary thing in our life, loved ones, the primary bigness in our life is thy kingdom come. Amen. Thy kingdom come. Thy light, thy truth, thy, your goodness would come, please, upon this crazy culture of ours. You know, I'm a kingdom kid. I'm a kingdom person. I, Lord, use me. May your kingdom come, your truth come to people's lives, to my neighbor, to, to my children. We pray for God to bring his rule to the hearts of nations and rulers and only Jesus can subdue the wickedness that people are so bound with in chains. And the ones, if I'm going to pray that Jesus will be Lord, that he'll be ruler over my family or my friends or, my, or, or over nations, let me ask you this. How very much more important is it that he rule over this two-foot space that I occupy? When I say, thy kingdom come. I primarily, first of all, I'm saying, Lord, I pray that all the nooks and crannies of my life, all the rooms in my heart, all the, king, all the little kingdoms in my life that I rule over, I pray that you will rule over them first. That this little space called my life, that you will be my Lord, that Jesus will be Lord over all my little kingdoms then I'm, I'm enabled then to pray, thy kingdom come over all these other things. <laughs> Lord, rule over all little kingdoms in my life, every room in my soul. Tear down those feeble castles and build a place in every thought where you reign. Show me, O ancient of days, Father, where I'm ruling in my strength, where I need to walk more clearly in the ancient paths of your love. In your holiness. How about you? Will you show interest in God's program? You know, when you begin to sincerely pray, thy kingdom come, let me tell you, get ready. God, he's going to do something fresh in your soul. Just consistently pray that. Consistently pray it. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And God knows you don't know what you're doing, but He sees the intention of your heart and He'll help you. He'll educate you. He'll train you. He'll show you His power and the truth and the wisdom of His kingdom in your life. It really is true. I hope that you'll just, you'll, you'll take that, uh, that, you'll take the chance and just... Um, commit yourself to saying, Lord, I'm going to pray. I'm going to focus on I mean, I'm going to focus on you as a person and then also I'm going to put your program before I ask for anything else in my life. You know? Where I'm going to put you first like Jesus did. I focus on you first as my Father and then also your kingdom as it is coming. And that's the ultimate plan is to see you reigning over everything and that Jesus and your people reigning as well and that Jesus is Lord over all the earth, over all the nations. Amen. It's a big order. It's a tall order. Wouldn't it be cool to see, you know, Mount Hope really get tied into prayer like that? Boy, who knows what God could do. All of a sudden on a Sunday morning somebody pops up and says I feel like I should come to the altar to be anointed somebody pops up and says I can't stand any longer pastor I've got to come and pray I need Jesus see coming to church is just human activity unless the kingdom is coming unless the power of the kingdom happens I know we're in burn. Everything's pretty formal, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of times. But God touches people's lives, and they have to act a lot of times. And especially people who don't know Him very well, they will act. And I mean, we're kind of used to being kind of, you know, sedate and and how to control ourselves. But people who don't know how to control themselves, they just might get kind of wild, and they might say, "I need help. Somebody come help me." And uh, um, it might be on a Sunday morning. It might be on a Wednesday night. Who knows? It. But the point is that power of the kingdom is a radical power that just changes people's lives. Amen? It is. It really is. But we've got to be praying for it. Thy kingdom come. Come to Mount Hope. Thy kingdom come to Mount Hope. Lord. Father, thank you for your kindness to us today. Thank you for the way you reveal yourself and the way you're leading us and drawing us, pulling us. Lord, you love every single one of us here today. There's not one person here that you don't love with all your heart. You have given Jesus for every single one of us. We praise you for that so very much. Lord, we pray that we will abide in you and learn to Learn to know you as our Father, but also learn to know that you have made us to be people of power, not in ourselves, but in the Holy Spirit. People who pray and people who, who you use to touch other people's lives with conviction and, with, and with, uh, with insight and with need. For so many people, they just need to be awakened up to their need We pray, Father, that your kingdom will come to our homes. Father, we pray it will come to our church, too. Do whatever you must do to us. In Jesus' name, we pray. Can you say amen today? Amen. Amen. God love you. God bless you.